0: Father God, again, we thank you. We thank you and praise you for all that you are, all that you have done, and all that you do. Of course, everything uh, is based upon the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, that he shed his blood. Um, His life was not taken from him. He willingly offered it up. He gave himself as a sacrifice to fully pay the penalty of our sins and then gloriously he was raised father from the dead and is now seated at your right hand and expectantly waiting for that moment when uh, the right time has come to call us out of this world and into your presence so father i i just thank you for our lord jesus and all that he has accomplished father there are so many things we can thank you for but So we start out by just thanking you for all things, and we know that you're working all together for our good, and we're thankful for that. Father, I pray for our nation, this republic has stood for many years, centuries, but um, we don't know the timing of it, but we, at least since, we have good evidence that uh, the days are very dark indeed, and uh, so many have been led through lies and uh, falsehoods into believing that which is not only contrary to the well-being of our country, but contrary to you, Father. And um, godless worship abounds. Evil abounds in our land. And it's being promoted as good, and that which is good promoted as evil. So as Linda has prayed for our protection, as our witness and testimony is We hope bold and clear that we do need protection, Father, and pray for that. We pray for the protection of our president and those that serve with him. And uh, all the leaders in our land who might consider the price too great, but we pray that they would be willing to sacrifice for the sake of our republic and for that which it has stood for all these years, uh, as our declaration and constitution have uh, have described. So, Father, I pray for uh, our leaders, our president, that you'd give guidance, encouragement, and success against the enemy and all those who willingly serve him. The enemy is uh, abounding in his work against the nation, but of course, most importantly, Father, against us, against our witness, against our testimony. So, Father, I pray for uh, all of us that we would be bold and uh, we would be vehicles for communicating the good news concerning your grace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for safety for all of us, Father. Some in our group have connections one way or another to the those who are ill with this virus, and we just pray for their safety, Father, of course. And uh, so, Father, we we look to see how you will work in that regard, but uh, our nation needs to be moving ahead in so many ways for the safety and well-being of our people and those of the world, of course. Now, Father, as we open your word, uh, may we uh, receive the blessings of it. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, we continue today. Uh, We've reached the end of 2 Thessalonians last week. I'm reluctant to leave it behind, however. (laughs) Uh, So I felt strongly that a high-level overview was really important. So we'll do that Today and also in our next meeting, Lord, Lord willing. But uh, what we see if we look at these letters from the high level is that especially this is true here in Second Thessalonians, but it was true in the first letter as well, but um, really strongly in the second letter. Paul writes about glory. (laughs) The glory of God and how the redemptive plan of God has drawn us into the sphere of his glory, his glory. We have been accounted recipients of that. You could say accounted worthy. Well, if you know what worthy means, it doesn't mean you've worked your way. It just rather means God has constituted you such, constituted you such, that you are the privileged recipient of such great blessings. So uh, what this letter really says, and I think it's the main theme of it, is that God is going to work out the plan for glorifying us through the glorification of his son, Uh, And that next step will be at the rapture itself, okay? Um, And we will be glorified together with him at that time. So the focus in the second letter to the Thessalonians is very much on the rapture of the church, which is his body. However, that's not the whole story. Much of the letter has a different focus, but a related focus. And that is that the glory... That will be revealed at that time, at the time of the rapture, is already being provided to us today. In other words, we're living in a time that has a a culmination point. It has an end. The end is the rapture itself, calling into heaven's glory, right? But throughout this time, whatever our circumstances may be, and they may be very, very dire and difficult and that has been the normal case down through the centuries for the church, the body of Christ. But whatever the circumstances are, we're still and always the recipients of his abundant grace. And the word glory is used in reference to that in a number of different places here in this letter. Okay, so yes, uh, The glory of God will be poured out upon us in a special way through our Lord Jesus at the rapture, but we are already experiencing it today. And that's supposed to be a major realization, a major aspect of our lives to understand how God is working today, right? Uh, That's what these letters are all about. This life that we have today is a very special thing. We need to understand that it was not available before. Under previous dispensational plans, there were aspects of those plans that uh, were quite different from what we have today. Take the law, for example, under the law given through Moses. There were many limitations to the uh, intimacy of the fellowship of a believer between the believer and the lord god there were many limitations the law itself imposed those limitations the law presented a barrier between man and god even between a believer and god and that barrier was in the law itself okay obedience to the commandments were required for blessing right? Disobedience was not always judged immediately, it was promised, uh, but it was not always judged. God was often displaying great mercy. The sacrificial system was uh, imposed upon the people and a calendar for the year that dominated the life of every Jew living under that legal system. I mean, today we look back at the law as a list of commandments a short list, most most believers think the law is uh, 10, <clears throat> 10 commandments, and they don't realize the rest of the story, right? But uh, for the Jew living under Moses' law, it was a very great burden indeed with hundreds of requirements. And the whole plan of the year was mapped out according to the system of religious uh, obedience required, right? Through the types, everything in the sacrificial system looked forward to the coming of Messiah and his perfect sacrifice for sin. Everything pointed forward, but there wasn't much revelation as to how this uh, system of types would be fulfilled. It was uh, not clearly revealed. There were only a few places in the Old Testament that dealt with it directly, like, for example, isaiah chapter 53 right now once christ had come he had poured out his blood on the cross of calvary and then was gloriously resurrected and from that point christ was surely preached but he was preached as the judge who would yet come and rule with an iron hand. And that's consistent with how Christ had preached himself in his earthly ministry, right? Everything looked forward to the second coming, the establishing of the kingdom, and uh, the blessings that would flow to Israel and through Israel then to the rest of the world. So everything was in the framework there of the prophetic plan of God for God's people, Israel. The Gentiles would come to share in that only if Israel were saved as a nation, right? And uh, and that was uh, <laughs> not expected any time soon because all they saw was constant failure, with a few bright points when uh, godly rulers, uh, godly kings, or eventually uh, prophets would uh, come forth and speak boldly and there might be revival in Israel but uh, only for a time and only in a limited way. Finally when Stephen, after the cross when Stephen uh, preached boldly and was stoned uh, to death at the hand of Saul this Pharisee, right, this leading Pharisee uh, At that point God had begun to change the program the preaching of the coming kingdom on earth would be changed to a different message because now believers would no longer be looking for that but rather for the rapture and the life of grace leading to that uh, unification with Christ in the heavenlies right so Paul's ministry now switches it begins to the Jews first, but then at the end of the book of Acts, switches over to the Gentiles, apart from the Jews. So God was changing his program dramatically. What Paul writes in his letters, therefore, increasingly as the letters uh, uh, focus more and more on uh, grace and the fullness of grace, what we find there revealed is the simplicity of faith in the finished work of Christ the simplicity of faith. And so that's what we see. And even in the very first letters, that's what we see here in these Thessalonian letters, which were the first letters that Paul wrote. Uh, Well, at least the first letter was the first he wrote. Second might have been after um, another letter, but uh, maybe not. It may have been the very second thing that Paul wrote. These letters to the Thessalonians, though, are all about The coming of rapture and uh, how we would live as believers until then he does mention the second coming but by contrast in fact that's a dramatic uh, teaching in these letters the contrast between how believers would live in the coming tribulation period which would immediately be followed by the second coming of Christ and the establishing of the kingdom That in contrast to how we live today under grace. So the overall theme of the letters is that our hope is in his calling into heaven's glory. So we are glorified with our heavenly inheritance at the calling of Christ into heaven. That could be today. It could be tomorrow It could be next month or year. There's nothing prophesied in the way to prevent that from occurring even now. Okay? And so that's the next thing on the prophetic horizon for us. But that's not the end of the story. We need to live now in the world as it is, as believers, fully enjoying the work of the Lord God for today. And that is his grace, 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 right? So, um What we saw last time, and I'm not going to review it particularly, but what we saw is that uh, as Paul finishes up the second letter, he asks for the prayers of believers there in Thessalonica, which means he asks for their respect and honor, that they would pray for him because uh, the trials were great and expected to get even greater for him and also them he would be their example in other words and he writes there in 2nd Thessalonians 3 I'll just quote two or three verses but it's such a beautiful short summary of what God is doing today in us 2nd Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 3 through 5 but the Lord is faithful Don't forget that. The Lord is faithful. He's not saying if you're not faithful, you'll be judged. He's saying the Lord is faithful. This is grace and its abundance. The Lord is faithful, who shall, this is a promise, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And then verse 5, in one verse there, he sort of says it all. And may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. That summarizes the whole message of the Thessalonian letters. May your hearts be directed into the love of God now, right? Because that's our participation in the great work of God for our day. May our hearts be directed into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. What a nice and what a blessed and powerful summary of what God is doing today in us. Okay, so let's uh, move ahead. Uh, There's much more in chapter three. I won't review that now, but... uh, Paul spends uh, 60% of uh, 60% of the last chapter in Second Thessalonians on the issue of living responsibly in this world. In other words, working to earn that you might have something to give to those that have a lack, a need, right, and not becoming dependent uh, by your own doing, right as many had in fact been doing. And uh, I think it was due to the false teachers. I think the false teachers had been encouraging that kind of activity because they were not teaching grace. They were teaching law and they were teaching that God was gonna take care of them because the time had come for Christ to return to establish the kingdom and they need to be watching for the signs. In other words, it's only a short time and uh, he'll be here, right? Well, it did not prove to be true because that wasn't, uh, in fact, the truth of God that they were sharing with these dear ones here. Paul was teaching that Christ would call them to be with himself, but when that would occur, he never said. Uh, and, in fact, it's been over 1900 years, right? Okay, today our outline is pretty simple. Um by his grace, our glorification. I already mentioned that. Our glorification. Chaos. 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 Okay, one of you had your mic unmuted there for a moment. My computer came back alive and Skype is up and alive. That's my fault. Oh, it's okay. We forgive you, it's not your fault. It's technology's fault. But anyway. Thanks, Tom, for letting us know. Okay. Um, So, uh, first point, by his grace, our glorification, both then and now. In other words, at the rapture and before. Glorification. Second point, by his grace, our consolation and good hope. Consolation and good hope, both then and now, at the rapture and now, even before. And thirdly, by his grace, our peace. And peace is a special and precious word. Peace. Always, he says, and by all means, both then and now. Okay. So the entire letter is about God and his sovereign working towards us, his people. Grace, grace, and more grace is the theme both then at the rapture and now in our daily living and we'll we're all going to be saying amen and amen i'm sure okay so first of all by his grace our glorification both then and now okay i'd like daniel to read and that's in second thessalonians chapter one verses one through four Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the Church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity
1: of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and
0: tribulations that ye endure thank you daniel very good okay so <clears throat> by his grace our glorification both then and now yes at the rapture our glorification will be sealed And we will have entered into our heavenly inheritance, right? There'll be no limitations on it. It'll be the main focus uh, of God to accomplish that at that time. But now, even though we're not in heaven's glory, we're still here on this earth, um, we are still being glorified by God. And the testimony of God regarding that is right here so what does paul say he says he can't help but thank god for uh how god has worked in the thessalonians and it's certainly true for us as well and uh that's a blessed and wonderful thing and so paul says he gloried he gloried in them right in the churches of god he talked in the other churches about how the glory of God had been displayed in the Thessalonians, okay? Uh, by God's grace, of course. And we saw that that opening of the letter was all about that. This is verse 2. Grace unto you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read further right now then. Uh, Linda, would you please uh, read for us Second Thessalonians, the next uh, chapter 1, the next verses there, verses 7 through 12.
1: And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. But he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all men that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the, and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Thank you, Linda. (laughs) Those are really, really great verses. So Paul is thanking God here for the Thessalonians. He's not thanking the Thessalonians for their obedience. He's thanking God for their obedience. You see that? That's a very critically important distinction. What we see is grace working here. He's not saying, well, you've kept the law, you've kept all the tenets of the law, so I praise you. No, Uh, he's saying, I thank my Lord God and praise him. And that he has worked in this mighty way in you. So the focus is on the sovereign work of the Lord God relative to his uh, church, the body of Christ okay so that's what this is all about Uh, i i think that because of the way he wrote it these believers when they read the letter must have been truly humbled considering all the issues they faced and their great trials which were many some of which led to him writing the letter right because remember false teachers were at work there the thessalonians were not um innocent of, of of failure but he does not directly point it out. He rather praises them most, nearly all the time here in these letters. Okay. Um, so they had already been glorified, and the word came through the apostle to that effect in their current day. So they're looking forward to glory, but even then, glory is already resting upon them. And it is the glory of God, what an encouragement this must have been for them okay um but he does point forward to the rapture in every chapter here in both of these letters in every chapter, and we'll get to that again and highlight it again next time, but uh notice he says, he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired. And all of them that believe, okay? Because our testimony among you was believed. So not only did they believe because of Paul's testimony, but they had a testimony and others had believed. And so at the rapture, the glory of God is going to be poured out. He doesn't only say on his saints. He could have said that. Instead, he says in his saints. In other words it's, this is an even greater and even more uh blessed kind of thing. It's not as if oh you've been so great Thessalonians God's going to give you a great blessing then he's going to he said he shall come to be glorified in his saints. This is a different dimension altogether. Uh and we see how critically important it was for us to be saved, to be joined into Christ's uh, heavenly body, right? Uh, That Christ himself would even be glorified in us and we in him. Oh, what a precious teaching, huh? The goal, though, of his working in our lives is found in verse 12, right? There he says that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him and all according to his grace, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the working of God under grace is very much to to create a complement for Christ. Christ is the head, us as the body. We're all one, and it's a heavenly organism, okay? And it's a marvelous work indeed. Uh, It's not a religious thing at all. It's a reality, okay? This is all about a real joining together with uh, our precious Lord Jesus Christ. It's already been accomplished for us who know him. We're already in his body, but... There's more to be accomplished, of course, and at the rapture it will be. Okay, so we see that there. And uh, unfortunately, the enemy is still roaring. (laughs) And uh, more than mischief is his thing. And verse 11 indicates that. So there's much to pray for uh, regarding uh, the saints of God and their... uh, circumstances which uh, often are very very difficult he says we pray always for you that our god would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power okay so that grace may abound in our hearts and that we might not be led astray following after the messages, the lies of Satan instead of the truth of God, right? So notice in this letter, when Paul writes about the life of believers, he's not writing anywhere about building uh, cathedrals, which Protestants call sanctuaries, okay? (laughs) It's not about building cathedrals uh, for millions of dollars. It's not about proving somehow to a sinner that you really love them, so that maybe they'd be open to hear your message of truth and grace. It's not about healing prayers as a special kind of prayer that only some people might dare to have and uh, enter into. It's not about intentional living. These are words, by the way, that are very commonly used today. It's not about spiritual formation, which is really a mystical uh, thing out of the the Middle Ages, which we should have nothing to do with, okay? It's not about any of those things. It's not about building a new kind of church that's never existed before, because that new church is really the uh, old New Age church that Satan has been building all along, right? The focus here is on God's work of grace in the hearts of individual believers. Uh, This is so different from what had been revealed before. That would be, in fact, reality in the tribulation period for believers who live at that time, looking for signs and wonders, specifically, and living accordingly, right? It's not about that. Okay, the second point today. By his grace, our consolation and good hope, then and now. So at the rapture, consolation, yes, indeed, and good hope fulfilled. But today... Even in our circumstances of life, uh, God pours out his encouragement and gives us good, good hope. Uh, do you go through your days uh, encouraged by God with hope springing forth uh, from your hearts and uh, fruit? Bearing Is that how we go through our days, or are we caught up in the affairs of this world, right? And the challenge is to be uh, f- focused properly and to participate with God in his wonderful work. And Gail, Gail, would you read this for us, the second chapter in Second Thessalonians, verses 13 through 17?
1: But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto too, he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work.
0: Uh, what a great summary. Thank you, Gail. Uh, I feel like maybe adding words to what Paul has written may be entirely wrong. Maybe you should just go off and read what I have written there in the notes uh, to get the whole teaching here. What's better than to just repeat what he has written here? Oh, my. <laughs> Can't help himself but to give thanks to God for them. He calls them beloved brethren because God hath from the beginning chosen you. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, the word choose, same word, root word, we get our word election. From election, the election of God is a reality. Chosen you to salvation, but then it had to be brought forth in real time, in history, in our own personal history as he intersected with us in our lives, right? To draw us to himself. So it's chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Okay. And how did that happen? By the calling through the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Whereunto he called you by our gospel, to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. And then he he finishes this section there. Uh, May God, even our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who hath loved us and hath given us Everlasting consolation and good hope through grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Okay? So, Paul can't help himself. He needs to praise God again for his great work in his people. And uh, I think, uh, <laughs> lest I speak much too long, uh, I'll just highlight one little thing here. He says, Everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Hmm. What's everlasting about the consolation, you might ask? Why does he use that word? <laughs> you would think that once we are in heaven's glory, we'll no longer need be needing any encouragement. That's what that word consolation means. And I think that's true in a technical sense, right? Uh, We'll not be needing encouragement because there'll be nothing to be encouraged about once we're in heaven's glory. I think what he's saying is that the consolation and good hope that the Lord provides is enough to last through all of the times that we're living in. It just goes on and on without end until we hear the voice, the shout, and the call to meet Christ in the air and to be joined together with our dear ones who've gone before. And then we'll always be with the Lord, he says, right? So that's what he's writing about here. Isn't it a wonderful thing? But what is Satan trying to convince the people of? Something quite different indeed, okay? Uh, What Satan is trying to do and it's in this very chapter, and uh, we've spent a lot of time on it already, so I won't say much more about it now. It's just that uh, the mystery of lawlessness that will be revealed fully uh, after the rapture, uh, thats that work of Satan is already underway. And how does it work? By lying miracles. Lying miracles and deceptions of the most powerful kind. How can anybody deny when the miracles have occurred? At least that's what they think, right? How can they deny it? It's experience, right? They've even been led into that by false teachers, so they're wide open, ready to receive the work of the enemy in them. So, signs, wonders, and miracles today certify Satan's message which is contrary to God not God's message the signs and the wonders and the miracles were part of uh, even, even Paul's ministry in the early phase right as Paul was going to Israel and God had always given Israel signs right that um, was appropriate but when uh, those signs, miracles, and wonders ceased, and Paul said they would. He wrote of it there in uh, 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14, right? That those would come to an end, and when they did, uh, love would continue. It would never cease, okay? And that's exactly what we see here in these letters. So Satan is working today to honor himself as the Christ. He is the antichrist in his working. Anti means a substitute for in place of. Okay. Satan puts himself forth as the true Christ. And in the tribulation period, that's exactly what he's going to do. And the world will worship at his feet, right? So don't be caught up in any of these deceptions there are strong warnings we find in and i'd like lisa to read this a strongest warning perhaps of all regarding this in uh, the letter to the colossians chapter 2 verses 16 through 19
1: let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the sabbath days which are a shadow of things to come but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered, and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God.
0: Thank you, Lisa. So that's a very strong exhortation. Uh, The religious system of the past is gone. It was merely a shadow. Okay. It was merely a shadow. Uh, But he says, uh, your rewards, not based upon a worship of the will, voluntary humility. This is not a religious thing that you set yourself to do that somehow gives you great reward. Gets you into things like worshiping of angels And don't you hear a lot about that today? Intruding into those things which he hath not not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. All that said in contrast to holding fast the head, Jesus Christ, from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth or, or groweth with the growth of God. Okay. Grace versus uh, satanic religion. That's what we're talking about here. Faith and not sight is uh, the realm we're living in today. And authentic godliness today is not based upon special experiences. Okay? Satan's lying wonders are a reality for many. But nevertheless, God's work of grace goes on. Uh, Refer to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the last verses there, where he says, While we look not at things which are seen, this is uh, the realm of our lives now under grace, not looking at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If only we comprehend the full teaching of this. Well, the last point, and I'll just have Patty read that, and uh, and we'll be finished uh, for today in Second Thessalonians chapter three, verses sixteen through eighteen. By His grace, our peace always, and by all means, both then and now, then and now, the rapture, and even now. Patty, can you read that for us, please?
1: <clears throat> now, the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always. By all means the Lord be with you all the salutation of Paul with mine own hand which is the token in every epistle so I write the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all amen
0: amen and amen uh, the key word there of course is peace <laughs> and you know he opened the letter we saw that where Daniel read at the beginning Grace and peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here he says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. That's uh, the way Paul uh, finishes the letter. All he has left to write is his salutation. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now, What I'd like you to meditate on today and all week in in preparation for next time is how do you think the Thessalonians might have remembered this as they went through times of great persecution? Because that's what occurs in their lives, right? Literally, they and believers in general became what Paul called the off-scouring of all things. That's what he said about himself uh, in the Corinthian letter, that we have, we are the off-scouring of all things. That's a very uh, negative way to look at it. That's from the world's perspective. That's what we are, right? And you see that today developing uh, very rapidly, in, even in our own country. Bookstores now uh, increasingly are not carrying the Bible because it offends too many people, okay? They're giving in to the uh, the threats of the enemy, right? And uh, how long until our liberties have been shut down, right? But what was it like for early believers? Well, remember in Rome, they lived in the catacombs. They were banished from the city limits, Of Rome had to live outside in fact they were constantly being uh, rounded up persecuted even to the death thrown to lions whatever you know in the Colosseum uh, and lived underground even if they were members of Caesar's household who had come to believe through the bold ministry of the Apostle Paul he writes of that remember in Philippians Chapter 1. So how would believers remember these words of the Apostle Paul? I think they would rejoice daily, hourly, for God's great glory, his grace, and his peace. Not only then, at the rapture, but even now. His grace is always sufficient, whatever We find coming upon us in our lives So praise the Lord for his grace today And uh, may you be blessed Go and read the notes over I've left a lot out here For the sake of time But uh, praise the Lord for his grace It is sufficient We have every reason to rejoice Are you listening for the call? The voice? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. And all they that love his appearing will receive a crown at that day of righteousness, right? Yeah. Praise, Praise the Lord. Well, if anyone would like to comment, uh, we're certainly uh, happy to hear what you have to add. Any comments by anyone? Okay. Well, let's go to the Lord and, uh, in prayer. Father God, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your great grace that's been poured out upon us. Thank you for peace. There may be no peace in this world, Father, but in our hearts. But indeed, we have peace there and we have peace, Father, with you. Praise your name, in the name of our Lord Jesus, and that we may be glorified in him and him in us because of your great work. What a blessing. In Christ's name, and amen, I pray.